this morning that Lord prepare me to be a living sanctuary holy and righteous set apart for your use and with thanksgiving I will be a living testimony Because everything I went through, I went through for some purpose. I went through for someone. Well, good morning, wise who wore. Happy Monday, December the 18th, 2023. Um, I pray that you all are um, seated in a seat of expectation for what is to come on today and what is to come in the next days. Uh, and then that you are excited about what God is going to do in and through your lives in 2024. Um, I'm excited um, about what's to come. And I'm gonna open up in prayer and then I wanna jump in because there was something that Gwendolyn Holloway said on last week, Monday. Although I wasn't physically online, I caught it. And it made me uh, say what I'm going to say on today. Let's just say that. So good morning, God morning, great morning um, to you. Holy Spirit, welcome. We welcome you on this morning, Lord God. We thank and praise you. We magnify your name. We thank you that this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God, we do not take today for granted. For you have afforded us this opportunity to wake up, to see a new day for many didn't get that opportunity on today. So God, we say thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I do not take it lightly that you caused me to arise on this morning in my right mind with the activities of my limbs, with the will to either live for you or not. But God, I've made up in my mind 
that it is you I will serve. So God, I thank and praise you for my wives who are my sisters on this morning. For we understand that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So God, we start our day in your word. And we ask that you would enlighten us. That you would bring revelation and knowledge to us through your word. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts. Let it be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. That every word that proceeds out of my mouth, let it be you. Let something shared on today, let something um, be a reflection of you on today. I love you, I honor you, and I praise you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, thank God, and amen. On last Monday, although Gwendolyn spoke on women, roles and hats that we wear her opening statement is what captured me as she and serena were on camera together she made a comment about the fact that we must be intentional in these last days of 2023 and yeah, I know I've been telling y'all that, you know, right? But it hit a little different when she spoke it. And maybe because I wasn't online for the live. But she said, we got to be intentional about these last few days in 2023. We got to be intentional about who we surround ourselves with. We got to be intentional about what we engage in. We gotta be intentional about our thoughts. We have to be intentional about our walk. We have to be intentional about everything that we do and engage in. So when I heard that, I was like, God, yeah, right? Because we don't want to enter in, should God allow us to enter in, should it be his will that we cross into 2024? We don't want to enter in one, not prepared, two, um, wrong, three, we don't want to enter in under false pretense. We don't want to enter in under false pretense. We've got to be prepared um, for what's to come. And then yesterday, as I was sitting in church and Priscilla can um, confirm for me, yesterday as I was sitting in church, um, our pastor is teaching on... Um, I, I want to get the title correctly. 
he's, he's teaching on coming out of bondage. And I wasn't there last week, so I'm sitting in on part two. But as I began to listen to what he was sharing on yesterday, it reminded me of what Gwendolyn said on last week, Monday, about being intentional. We have to be intentional about how we move, who we align ourselves with, and we have to be intentional about not taking baggage from 2023 into 2024. Denise, well, what do you mean taking baggage into 2024? Priscilla, yesterday, Pastor Kevin Hope spoke about, and, and, and this is the other part that reminded me about what Gwendolyn said. She specifically said the word snare. She said, the enemy sets up snares for us. And when Pastor Hope said on yesterday that a snare is an expression of deception through the enemy. And that the enemy, Satan, Satan's mission is to steal, kill, and destroy through deception. Period. She said the word snare, that he sets up snares for us, plots and schemes and tactics and tricks, potholes, um, diversions, deception, and the Bible tells us that he is walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. Why? Because his mission is to steal, to kill, and to destroy you through deception. The enemy is looking for a certain something in you that gives him access to you. He's looking for a certain something in you that will give him access to you. Well, Denise, what do you mean? And here's where I'm going on this morning. And I'm taking this based off of one, what Gwendolyn said on last week, Monday, and yesterday, what my spirit absorbed sitting in church. You cannot move into 2024 holding offense. You cannot. Priscilla, it's the bait of Satan. Offense is the bait of Satan. If you take the offense, you've given him a foothold. We want to talk to you about a lifestyle of non 
forgiveness. Because if you choose to live a lifestyle of non-forgiveness, you have taken the bait of Satan. If you take the offense, you have taken the bait of Satan. So, let's dive in. And I know this is not an easy subject, but listen, I need you to understand that if you want the blessings of the Lord to show up in your life, it is an absolute must that you walk in a spirit of quick forgiveness. Not delayed, expediently. You must forgive. Yolanda, could you uh, click on the link above, sis, and give Facebook access, give StreamYard access um, to your profile just so we can see your name. Um, I know who you are, but others won't know who you are. And I'm thankful to God for the confirmation that it brought to you on this morning. Um, while I have the platform and before I jump in, uh, we are 14 days. Okay. You might have to reconnect it. Um, we are 14 days, y'all from January 1st, 14 days from January the 4th, 1st, 2024. We have two weeks to get this thing under control. Two weeks to walk into forgiveness, two weeks to secure, um, to shore, shore up, to shore up the access we have given the enemy because we choose to walk in unforgiveness. So offense is the bait of Satan and anger and offense are first cousins. Literally pastor said yesterday that they were Siamese twins. They are Siamese twins. Um, I want to take you to, let's see, can I even get to it? I want to take you to Proverbs, uh, let's see, let me take you to Proverbs 18 and 13. I thought I could pull it up a different way, but. I can't, so bear with me. This is how we take offense quickly. And I wish that um, I was as prolific as he was. And then I'm gonna jump into the lifestyle of non-forgiveness. But I wanted to read this to you first. 
reading from the New Living Testament. I'm reading Proverbs 18 and 13, 18 and 13 from the New Living Translation. It says, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. How is it that you can respond, yet you've not listened in totality to what an individual has to say to you? Are you listening to respond or not? Are you listening for interpretation or not? Because for you to just jump off and say something without hearing is both shameful and foolish. Let he who has an ear, let him hear. Not just what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, but what it is those are saying that you are in communication with. And for us as wives, we gotta be extra careful in that area that we are listening intently and intentionally before responding. The other thing that he said to me that led me to where I'm going this morning, and I'm gonna say he said it to me because I was a hearer. Now I have to be a doer. He says, if you're not ready to forgive, you're not ready for deliverance. If you are not ready to forgive, you are not ready for deliverance. Yes, Trey, yes. Studying to be quiet unless led by God's spirit is an absolute must. And the other thing I wanna say is that if you lack emotional intelligence, you'll be an easy target for Satan. If you don't know how to control your, um, your thoughts, your mind, and your words, your emotions, you will be an easy target for Satan. Getting in your feelings opens the door for Satan. He reminded us, Trey um, and Priscilla, that the two phrases that we've become so familiar with is I'm in my feelings or I'm feeling some kind of way. I'm feeling some kind of way about what you said or I'm in my feelings. 
getting in your feelings opens the door for Satan. Because remember, he's looking for a foothold to come in. The offense is the bait of Satan. It's the bait of Satan. So you have to be quick to forgive. You got to be quick to forgive. And in that, you got to remember, Trey just said it, that studying to be quiet and less led by God is a very powerful attribute that we as women, we as wives must learn to operate in. Your silence is powerful. Swamika talked about having or cur her current season is moving in the spirit of mm. But this morning, I'm going to tell you that your silence is powerful. When you hold conversation, when you say things back, that conversation can be misquoted. It can be used against you. Um, people can pick it apart. They can do all of these things. But when you operate in silence, you cannot be quoted when you are silent. You cannot be quoted. Yolanda says that emotions are natural and prepare us if danger or harm is upon us. But we must understand feelings are not always facts. We got to ask ourselves if what we are feeling is true and of God and move accordingly. Sometimes God will have us surrender to the fight. And when we surrender, we don't look like man, we look like Jesus. Who is it that you're trying to look like? Who is it that you're trying to emulate? Who is it that you want to reflect? Remember, offense is the bait of Satan. Anger and offense are first cousins. They're literally Siamese twins. So if you take the offense, you've taken the bait of Satan. And Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Here's where I want to go. Many of us live a life of non-forgiveness. It's just your lifestyle. It is a choice that you have chosen to make. And I'm telling you, you are on the wrong path. Lady Gwendolyn said, be intentional about your surroundings. Be intentional about your walk. Be intentional about who you engage with. Be intentional in these next 14 days. 
And I've come to tell you that if you walk around in a spirit of off with a spirit of offense, if you don't properly deal with that thing, it is detrimental to your life. Offended people don't know how to put the brakes on. And deception is a lie masked in the truth. And it's a stronghold where the enemy cannot be detected. So let me ask you on this morning, how many rocks are in your backpack? How many rocks are in your backpack? Life is like a backpacking trip. Imagine with us for a moment. It will block and stop everything God has for you. Most importantly, because you cannot serve the enemy and serve God at the same time. You're either going to be all in or you're going to be all out. You're either going to be all in or you're going to be all out. You cannot serve both of them at the same time. Proverbs 15 and 1 from the Amplified Version says, A soft answer turns away wrath. But grievous words stirs up anger. And then Proverbs 12 and 16 from the Amplified Version says, A fool's wrath is quickly and openly known, but a prudent man ignores an insult. Stop taking the offense. The offense will have you doing some destructive things that could land you in a place that all you can do is call on Jesus. So how many rocks are in your backpack? So I need you to imagine with me just for a moment that every human being is wearing an invisible backpack. It was strapped on to us at birth. And grew as we grew. We don't have to take the bait. <laughs> it's the bait of Satan. We don't have to take the bait. But sometimes we get in these situations where we don't even know that we've taken the bait. Because unforgiveness is so familiar to us that it just comes natural. But on today, I've come to remind you that you cannot live a life of a lifestyle of non-forgiveness. You cannot. And you, you can't live that lifestyle and expect God to bless you. Expect God to hear your prayers. You want to know why they haven't been answered? Check your lifestyle of un.
of non-forgiveness. So we were strapped into an invisible backpack at birth. And as we grew, it grew. God's plan was for these backpacks to remain empty. And if they did, we would never know that we carried them. However, our backpacks are not empty. They are filled with rocks. How many rocks are in your backpack? Every time someone treated you in a wrong way, something God calls sin, it was as if they picked up a rock and put it in your backpack. The larger the offense, the larger the rock. In the same way, whenever you acted selfishly and mistreated someone else, you put a rock in their backpack and one of equal size into your own backpack. Catch that. Every time you mistreat it, we, I, mistreated someone. Not only did I put a rock in their backpack, I put the same size rock in my own. Some people have more rocks in their backpacks than other people, but everyone is carrying a crushing load of rocks. If the backpacks and the rocks were real, it would be easy to see. However, they would affect us. As the number of rocks grew, so would the weight. And as the weight grew, so would the pain. And as the pain grew, we would be forced to make adjustments. We would walk differently. We wouldn't be able to run or swim. We would be bent over. We would run out of energy quickly. We would become irritable and irritating. We would be in constant pain and face severe limitations. Now, obviously people don't really have invisible packs on their backs filled with rocks. However, everyone is struggling with the pain and limitations caused by this thing God calls sin. Some people more than others, but no one can live in this world and escape the damaging effects of sin. And beginning in our childhood years, we learned how to cope with that damage. We learned how to modify our thinking and our behavior with the hope of minimizing the pain and or of working around our limitations. Over time, 
our coping patterns became refined and so automatic, familiar spirit, that they became a part of our personality. We developed a lifestyle of non-forgiveness. I want us to look at today how sin damages the human soul and how we are all and how we all um, have developed a lifestyle of non-forgiveness. It's important because our personal substitutes for forgiveness will get in the way of us practicing real forgiveness. They will even try to prevent you from learning about real authentic forgiveness. However, if you identify your substitutes for forgiveness, then you can better recognize them when they try to interfere and reject them by learning to practice real on-time forgiveness instead. Remember, the enemy, Satan, roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, because his job is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But God says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. John 10 and 10. Lord God, I need to be rescued from the thing, from this thing you call sin. I do not want to continue to live in a lifestyle of non-forgiveness. I want to have a lifestyle of real forgiveness so that you can heal me and set me free. I want the life Jesus came to give me. Please show me what I have been doing instead of practicing real forgiveness so that I can reject it and replace it with your forgiveness. The picture of wearing a backpack filled with rocks is just that, a picture. Obviously, you don't really have an invisible backpack on your back. However, just as a heavy backpack damages the human body, so also sin damages the human soul. And unforgiveness is sin. Let me make sure you don't miss that. Walking around or living a lifestyle of non-forgiveness is sin. And sin has the ability to damage your human soul. You may disagree on what sin is or which behaviors are sinful, 
or even if sin exists at all. But our confusion over sin does not change this one very important fact. Sin is real. God goes to great lengths in the Bible to emphasize this fundamental reality. Sin is real and because it is real, it affects us. If you were sitting in front of someone and he tossed a tennis ball at your head, what would you do? If you saw the ball coming, you would react. You would move your head or raise your hands or do something. Why? Because the ball is real. However, if the person did not have a ball in their hand and simply made the motion of tossing a ball at you, you would remain still. Things that are real affect us, even when we don't understand them. Gravity is real. <laughs> My mama would say, just keep living. Gravity is real. You might not understand gravity very well, but it is affecting you constantly in inescapable ways. In the same way, we may not, not understand sin very well, but because it is real, it affects us constantly in inescapable ways. Sin is real and sin is destructive. Like an angel of death, sin destroys everything it touches. Jesus said it this way, the thief comes to the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The thief is sin. Jesus said that sin can only do three things, steal, kill and destroy. This is because whatever sin is, it is by its very nature extremely destructive. Sin damages everything it touches, including your soul. Selah. Let me let that marinade for a minute. It's almost like when Lonnie cooks for Thanksgiving, he does two or three turkeys. Just slip my mind. One he fries and one he smokes on the smoker. But before they even get to the fire, before they even get to the fire, he injects them with seasoning, a marinade. And then he then puts it in an ice bath for a couple of days so that the marinade goes deep down into the skin, that it saturates it. And that's what I hear the Lord saying on today. Let that marinade so that it penetrates the skin 
deep down under the surface so that when they begin to operate in the lifestyle of unforgiveness, they'll remember Unforgiveness is sin. And the thief, Satan, is sin. Sin, sin damages everything. It even it, it it damages everything, even your soul. Your soul is your capacity to think, which is your mind, to choose, which is your will, and to feel, which is your emotions. Your soul is your capacity to think, to choose, and to feel. It is also the source of who you are as a person created in the image of God. God made human beings in such a way that we would be able to think like he thinks, choose what he chooses and feel what he feels. God created us to think truth, to choose love and to feel good. to think truth, to choose love, and to feel good. And all of that was meant to take place in the context of loving relationships. God is a loving relationship with himself. He is actually three loving relationships in himself between the Father, the Son, and, and the Holy Ghost. He made us for the purpose of love, to be loved and to be able to love. God created a wonderful world of loving relationships. But something God calls sin has broken into the world like an invader, like a virus, like a plague. And sin can only do three things, steal, kill, and destroy. Sin is stealing, healing, killing, and destroying life. And for some of us, our lives. And it begins in our human soul. Sin always damages the human soul um, because the nature of sin is destructive. Let's just get that out the way. Sin is to the human soul like a knife is to the human body. If you don't know how to use a knife properly, you could cut yourself. So I own um, knives. Um, that I purchased to help my youngest son's friends. He graduated from high school 
And of course, at that time, he didn't know what he wanted to do. So he was like, I'm going to go be a salesman. So he was like, Mom, can I come by your house and show you these knives? Cutco. Y'all. So he came over and he showed me the knife, gave me the whole little demonstration, right? How the knives were so sharp, they could cut rope. How the knives were so strong, they could cut through a copper penny. So I called Lonnie on the phone and I'm like, look, Sam is here. You know, this is his first little job out of high school. I want to support him, but this is the cost of the knives. <laughs> and Lonnie was like, what? I'm like, but the knives are really good. And they have a lifelong warranty, blah, blah, blah. He was like, okay, you can get them. Now, mind you, the knives were so, so um, costly that Sam was like, mom, you don't have to pay for them all at once. Thank you, Jesus. You could pay for them over, I think it was three, three payments, three payments of a good payment. Um, nevertheless, I still have those knives because they are great knives, costly, but great. <laughs> it's an, it's indeed an investment, but an apps. Yes, God. Just like forgiveness is an investment. My Costco knives were an investment that I can have and have had over 10 years. My baby boy graduated in 2013. I still have these knives. Do they require some maintenance? Yes. But so does our soul. Our soul requires maintenance. And a part of the maintenance is forgiveness. Just like part of the maintenance for my knives are taking them in to be sharpened, are taking them in to be tightened, are take or are returning one of them because the blade broke and they send me a new one free of charge. Forgiveness is an investment to your soul. And the quicker you do it, the greater the return. Yeah. So just as the damage caused by a knife results in pain and dysfunction in the body, so also sin results in pain and disillusion in the human soul. The damage of sin makes it more difficult to see truth. To choose love and to feel good. Walking around with unforgiveness makes it more difficult for you to see truth, to choose love, and to feel good. Offense is the bait of Satan. 
And if you're not ready to forgive, you're not ready for deliverance. Proverbs 30 and 23. Proverbs 30 and 23. From the New Living. Thirty and twenty-three from the New Living Testament. <laughs> Here's what it says: If you have been a fool by being proud or plotting evil, cover your mouth in shame. If that's you, if you're proud of what you do, if, you, if you're proud of the fact that you walk around in unforgiveness, cover your mouth in shame. Because if you are an offended person, all you're doing is walking around offending others. And I told you before that an offense not properly dealt with is detrimental to your life. It's detrimental to your soul because now I'm walking around in unforgiveness, whereas that individual has gone on about their life. Yet you're still over here mad in your feelings and your feelings will get you into deeper trouble. Sin causes us to believe a lie. Sin causes us to choose the wrong thing. So it causes us to believe lies, choose sin and feel terrible. One sin naturally leads to another sin, which leads to more damage, more pain, and more sin. It is a vicious downward cycle that lends, excuse me, that leads ultimately to death, eternal death in every way, shape, and form. So here's the circle of death. Sin, I sin against God, others sin against me, and I sin against others, which results in damage to the soul, experienced as pain and dysfunction, forces us to, to develop coping mechanisms, which leads to more sin. And then repeat, I sin against God, I sin against myself and others, or others sin against me, and I sin against others, which results in damage to the soul, experienced as pain and dysfunction, 
forces us to develop coping mechanisms. Right? So if someone stabbed you with a knife, the knife would cause damage. You would immediately experience the damage as pain and dysfunction. And if you were stabbed in the arm, you would feel pain in your arm. You would also be unable to use your arm in the same way you could before you were stabbed. The pain and dysfunction in your arm would force you to adjust your activities and behavior. Break a nail. <laughs> right? Break a nail down in the bed and then try to type. Not fun, nor is it easy. You find yourself using the one finger mechanism because you can't apply pressure to the pain point in your finger. Get a paper cut, as little as it is, it causes you great pain to the point where you might even have to put a band-aid on it because it's so it's so painful yet it's so minute in its statue it forces you to adjust your activities so that you can figure out a new way to do what it is you've been doing all the time. It's a coping mechanism. Find yourself in a sling and what you used to be able to do, you'll no longer be able to do. So now I have to find another method by which to get things done. Or I risk, um, I risk hurting myself even more or having to be in the same place longer than expected. That's that place of unforgiveness. If I don't forgive quickly, I find myself in this place of unforgiveness longer than necessary. But it's a choice. I made a choice not to forgive. I made a choice to take the bait. I made a choice. How many of you have made a choice? Yes, Trey, it can become an infected area. And for those that are in the medical field and or not, but understand how an infection can become so volatile to your, um, your system that it can then cause sepsis, which could lead to death. Sin can lead to your death. 
Unforgiveness has the ability to lead to death. Coping mechanisms are always substitutes for practicing real forgiveness. Coping mechanisms naturally lead to more sin. It's just a repeat. So if you don't deal with it, you make the same mistake over and over and over and over again. Our coping mechanisms hinder us from practicing forgiveness. So the damage of the sin continues. Remember the prison Jesus spoke about in Matthews 5, 21 through 26 and 18, 21 through 37. And our failure to practice forgiveness leads us into more sin, more damage, more pain, more dysfunction. On and on and on. This is why we call this the cycle of, or the circle of death. It's the circle of death. Sin. I sin against God. Others sin against me. I sin against others, which results in damage to my soul, which is experienced as pain and dysfunction, which forces us to develop coping mechanisms because we're not willing to deal with the root. God wants to set us free from this cycle. He absolutely wants to set us free from this cycle of sin and of death. Practicing all aspects of forgiveness is how God breaks the cycle of sin and death. He wants to heal you and set you free, free to see truth, free to choose love, and free to feel good. God wants to give you life, abundant life. This is why Jesus came. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But God says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. John 10 and 10. Jesus came to make forgiveness and life possible. You will experience God's abundant life as you learn to practice all aspects of forgiveness well. In closing, sin is real. Sin is destructive. It steals, it kills, and it destroys life. Every sin damages the human soul. The damage of sin forces people to develop coping mechanisms to deal with the pain and dysfunction caused by sins. Sin naturally leads to more sin. You know what they call that? Lasciviousness. The place where you cannot find the breaks. Sin leads to sin, leads to sin, leads to sin. Jesus came so that people could experience the fullness of God's life. 
Practicing forgiveness breaks the cycle of sin and of death. And you, my sisters, need to practice forgiveness well in order to fully experience God's life. In order to live God a, 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 a life full, you must learn to walk in forgiveness quickly. Don't delay. Forgive, let it go, and move on. And remember, if you lack emotional intelligence, you'll be an easy target for Satan. And Satan's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And all he needs is a foothold. All he needs is a foothold. And your unforgiveness is a foothold which allows him to enter in. And then you'll be wondering, why? Why? Why has this gone on for so long? Why am I not able to move in the things of God? Why am I being um, so hard? Why um, am I not being loving? It's because you've allowed Satan to take over and cause and, and create havoc in your life because of a seed of unforgiveness. Don't give the devil a foothold. Forgive and forgive quickly. So Father God, we thank you. We praise you and we magnify your name. We thank you, Lord God, for rescuing us this morning from this thing you call sin. We do not want to continue to live in a lifestyle of non-forgiveness. We want to have a lifestyle of real forgiveness so that you can heal us and set us free. We want the life Jesus came to give. So God, we ask that you would show us what it is we have been doing instead of practicing real forgiveness so that we can reject it and replace it with your forgiveness. So God, this is our ask of you on this morning. God, we know that the word fell on good ground. So God, now that we are hearers, let us be doers of your word. We love you, we'll honor you, and we'll keep your commandments. God, as we prepare intentionally for 2024, God, we ask that you would reveal everything in us that is not of you so that we can begin to unpack our invisible backpacks and not carry them into 2024. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank God and amen. I pray that something shared. Serena, you, you want to come on live? That's what you, I see you over there, girl. What you doing? You got something to say?
Okay. <laughs> I pray that something shared resonates. Um, and let me just say this. Start with forgiving your husbands. Start there. Because there is some stuff you and I, you and I, I and you, you and I are carrying that God is saying on today, enough is enough. Let it go so that you can move in and have everything that I have in store for you and that it not be um, hindered because of your lack of unforgiveness. I told you to not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will take care of itself. I told you that I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Let me, says the Lord. Give it all to him and allow him to fix it because you cannot. He says, just love. Just love. Have an amazing day, an amazing week. And if you have not signed up to participate in the 30-day prayer challenge that we will be kicking off on January the 2nd, I am making a plea to you to do so now. If you purchased the um, digital journal last year, you don't need to repurchase it. But if you didn't, I am encouraging you to go spend the $15. It's well worth it. And download the prayer journal and prayer guide for which we will be using for 30 days come January the 2nd. For those that are wanting to partner with me over the 30 days, whether you want a set day or you have dates you're available, text me, inbox me. Um, this ain't about me and I cannot carry the load. Uh, Thursdays have been committed uh, for, um, but there are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday still available. Um, so just so you know, um, we are greater together and I need you. Um, and all are welcomed. Yes, married, engaged, um, separated means you're married. I just need y'all to understand that. Don't get it twisted. Um, and it does not give you license to operate outside of that. Not sure who that was for, but somebody needed to hear it. Um, okay. I love y'all. And I pray that you have an amazing day in the Lord. And forgive quickly. Have a great one.